I, you know, I just made the mistake of Googling Jonathan Franzen, and now I'm really angry. <laughs> really? What, what yeah. is it about his life that's angering you? Oh, I just read the thing that he said about not wanting this book to be an Oprah's book club selection because he wanted to reach an audience of men. What? <laughs> it's like, I'm sure that he didn't mean it to be like, this book is not for ladies, but the quote definitely sounds like... Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm pretty uh, sure he believes that. In the way that everyone in this book is a little bit racist, he's probably a little bit racist and sexist. I Yeah, oh yeah. Or a lot of it. A lot of it. Or yeah. a lot of it, for sure. Yeah. It's possible that he was, like, trying to just help himself, like, he's trying to save himself, like, listen, women aren't going to like this anyway. So let's try to keep it away from. But who would <laughs> make it to the choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, look, I'm trying, I'm trying to stop this from getting to more women who will, because it's just going to make them angry. Uh, He's looking out for it? you guys. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> you really did us a solid there, John. Yeah. Cool, cool job, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a cool job you're doing. Yeah. Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 244. We have now done as many episodes as the number of years the Encyclopedia Britannica was in print before it stopped in 2012. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. I forgot that it stopped. Uh, yeah, I forgot that it existed. You just assume that British people, assuming they know everything about the world, is just going to go on. <laughs> I mean, they still do, but only online. Yeah. Speaking of thorough descriptions of a lots of different people, this week we're talking about Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections. You can read along with us at audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go there right now, you can actually sign up for a free trial membership of Audible, and you can get a book for free, which you could use for this, and then you would probably regret it a little bit, but you could, <laughs> and at least it would not have been expensive. And you would also support our show if you did that, so we'd appreciate that. Go to, read, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Also, this episode was sponsored by Randy Ann and Ryan, who said this, quote, We need your help, guys. People seem to think this is a good book. Just listen to these annoying blurbs. Astonishing. Franzen is a wizard. Could this be the first great novel of the 21st century? Which, by the way, it was in 2001, so really, I mean, there's a lot of century. It's not, like, they got in early. Way too early to call. They wanted to know whether or not we thought we agreed with them. Right. And I thought we could do a little drum roll and reveal <laughs> whether or not we hated this book. Let's do it. Let's see. <laughs> we agree with them. Here's the drum roll. Turns out we hated it. Yeah, we didn't like it. Yay! Hate it! On your, on your team. Across the board. We're on, on your team. team. In fact, uh, Tanya said she wanted to marry you. <laughs> marry them. Marry I them. found out there were two of them, and I was like, that's fine. We'll still get married. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want to marry them to each other? They seem really cute, and you're good at that. Oh, shoot. You're right. I do have that set of skills. But really, I'd like to be involved in the union. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Hayton Franzen is on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The three, the three of you can just really tell important. them. Yeah. Well, when, I started, when I started Googling for fellow, fellow haters, I just kept finding Sam Tannen has his glowing reviews. And then I got a little upset. <laughs> that probably that make, would make it much worse. Reading somebody glowing about this would make me more upset than anything. Oh, sure, sure. 
So if if you want to find out if we agree with you about something, if you want to see if we are mutual haters and if Tanya will marry you, you could go to read-weep.com, sign up for our mailing list, and uh, if you, we will send out when we have availability. When we have availability of more sponsorships, we will send that out to the mailing list. So get on there, be ready. Read-weep.com, do it now. Let me introduce you to your panel. I'm Alex Falcone at Alex underscore Falcone. And today is the first day of our new panel. And it's really great. First up, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Hey there, Alex. Um, You know, before I continue, there's some quick set of corrections that I'd like to make to my notes. I mean to correct, uh, oh right, my overwrought screenplay and my husband's personality and my children's eating habits and my own life choices and how I spend my time and the country of Lithuania. I'll just be a minute. I was kind of hoping, we're, we're doing the audiobook, but I was kind of hoping that if you read the actual book, there are a lot of misspellings and misattributions, <laughs> just there'd be something to apologize for later. Franzen, the home game. <laughs> Also joining us, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter in our Brooklyn studios. It's Tanya. I'm Grandpa. <laughs> That's all I got. I just I, because Grandpa read us this book, and yeah. then Grandpa was also Grandpa in the book. Yeah, and it was just a lot of like. There's just a lot of grandpawing around. Old frankly. sad, old sad men <laughs> trying not to shit themselves. Yeah, Chris, Chris oh, you're probably the only one who would recognize this, but do you remember who Grandpa also? What other book Grandpa read to us? Oh, you've heard this grandpa before. No, we, we have this heard the grandpa way back. before, and I remember liking his old man voice, and I forget what book it was. He read the he notebook to down. us. It was the notebook. Oh, he did. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Really? I remember. I really liked his old man voice, and that it, he has a specialty of like old and yeah, infirm characters. Yeah, and I was just yeah. glad that at the end of this, they didn't have sex in the hospital bed because I'm that, I have this old man describing sex flashback yeah. that really, I don't. That, that's the one that really freaked you out. It wasn't the part where someone's business was described as a rabbit emerging from their <laughs> pants, or as an old baseball glove worn down. Uh, yeah, most of the grossest stuff was vagina related. <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of yeah. gross things in this book, but it made oh. me flash back to previous gross things. That's. Because this, yeah, this old voice. man's specialty is he calls you up and describes something gross in an old man voice. There's just some stuff grandpas shouldn't wrap their gums around. <laughs> <laughs> also wow. joining us today, she's at Sarah Hathaway on Twitter. And please welcome back to the show, Sarah Hathaway. Hey, I'm a sentient talking shit <laughs> crawl all over your pillow and leave doo-doo everywhere no. and say some racist no. things no no get back here no no, no. no. you can't Come. catch me on my get back into my feet. diaper get i'm running here. on my turkey Enid. Enid. <laughs> I, I need some help Enid. can't catch me you see doesn't it seem like it was written for women to not have to read isn't that it does seem like it <laughs> I did love thinking about Oprah reading that part, though, and being like, I must share this. Oh, yeah. man, so many parts that I want to hear Oprah's thoughts on. <laughs> Not the least of which is the turd hallucination. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, the repeated turd hallucination. Not to mention several times people pee in bottles. Sure, yeah, or in open coffee cans. Family uh. traditions run strong. Yes. <laughs> Those Too Lamberts. Bad. 
<laughs> you get a poop story, and you get a poop story, <laughs> and you get a poop story. <laughs> All right. Chris, I would like you... No, that was a labored sigh. That was not any that sexual not pleasure. not a poop story. No, <laughs> or a poop story. Thank you. Chris, I need you to summarize this book now for people who have not read sure. the corrections. So I would like you today to, style, to summarize in the style of a retired train engineer. Well, I quit my job and <laughs> living here in Kansas. So the living's cheap, so my pension doesn't have to be very good. Oh, you quit for secret reasons. Then my reasons are my own. Leave me alone in my basement, peeing in my chair. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um, so that was the voice of Alfred Lambert, the patriarch of the Lambert family. Um, and he retired from the train company a couple years earlier than he got top pay. Um, and they live, uh, he and his wife live in, in Kansas somewhere. And uh, he is austere, and he's severe, and he's kind of mean to his wife and kids. And he's pretty racist when you think about it. He also <laughs> has Parkinson's, and he's super depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and uh, oh, his wife, Enid, uh, is uh, the Matrix. She's better at life than Albert, but she's just coming, creeping out from under his shadow. And she is uh, maniacally obsessed with the idea that her kids come back to St. Jude, Kansas for, uh, for Christmas. And, um, and she's see. more than a little manipulative and terrible. Oh, yeah. She's also a bit racist when you think about it. And <laughs> she's also pretty depressed. Yeah. Um, so then you get Gary Lambert, who's the, the scion, the, uh, the firstborn son. He lives out in California. He's middle-aged. He has a few kids or a couple kids. Uh, and he's a total dickwad. He's awful. <laughs> and he's also really depressed. Um, and then you got Chip Lambert, second son, lives in New York. He's the rebel. He's the punk. He used to be a, a professor until he uh, got fired for sleeping with a student. A professor and he's of a f- anti-corporate sass. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the corporations, man, and advertising, man. And he's working on his overwrought, over-serious screenplay. And he wants to go be uh, maybe a pretend uh, government bureaucrat in Lithuania for a lot of money. And uh, he's also pretty depressed. So that works out, and then and then lastly we have Denise, the the youngest, uh, the the daughter, and she's a she's a chef, she's a divorcee, she's newly a lesbian, and uh, she's not as depressed, and I'm pretty happy for her by the end of the book. Oh, Sarah told me off the air that she has lots of feelings about the Denise story. Uh, which oh, was, Denise story wasn't good. Which but, which story was the most painful? Because they just spent a lot of time on each of the stories. Definitely, right. I, I I was gonna say Alfred, but now I'm gonna say. Uh, um, uh, Gary, I hate him and his family. Yeah, I, Gary was yeah. a rough one for me. Gary, Gary wins worst for me. Yeah, I, um, he, not only is he terrible, his wife is terrible. His kids are probably going to grow up to be terrible. Although right now they seem fine. Um, no, wait, yeah. one of them is terrible. One of his kids is definitely terrible. The one who like installed the spy camera in the kitchen. Yeah, and the um, other is being terrible. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got a depressed family at the dawn of a new millennium. It's 2001, and uh, the parents are visiting their, their middle child, Chip, uh, and their youngest uh, daughter, Denise, in New York City before they go off on a transatlantic cruise. Um, and so they visit them, and there's the whole, like, oh, the kids think the parents are really old, and it turns out the parents are really old, and, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, the parents are bad at the city, but the kids aren't, or specifically Chip isn't very sensitive to their plight, and he's just trying to cover for the fact that he's not very successful. And then the parents go on the cruise. Uh, Chip goes away to Lithu- Lithuania for a while to start a government uh, with basically his doppelganger. A for-profit government. 
Yeah, a for-profit yeah. government. And, um, yeah, and then so we, we get a lot of flashbacks. So it's flashback, flashback, flashback. We learn some stuff about the backstories of all these characters, and then everybody's sad. And then uh, the parents' <laughs> cruise goes terrifically awry when <laughs> hallucinating about walking, talking shits, uh, Alfred uh, falls off the side of the boat. And he de- like breaks a shoulder and a hip, and he detaches a retina and like all these He's things. Dragged for a mile. Dragged for a yeah. mile by a cruise ship. <laughs> Poor sad sack. And lives. And, and, lives. and lives to tell the tale. Um, he has super bad dementia, Parkinson's. Yeah, so it doesn't go like well. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, you, and then, I, and then so include, Alfred gets worse. And I then, think you uh, should mention Ian, Chris that each of these flashbacks includes like we, we have to find out what each person has sex like how they do oh, sex or how they think of sex how they think about sex more than anything how they else. do it uh what what parts of it are good for them uh how much they would like to do it in the future so alfred only has sex while enid pretends to be asleep and oh god <laughs> yeah and chip only just, has yeah. sex while while his student has given him drugs Imaginary yeah. club drugs. And he has some weird gender stuff going some on. Gender issues. Sure. Yeah. He didn't Why like not? that she wore pants. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. to think of it, a jumpsuit. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> there's a lot of these flashbacks that occur. It's more like, uh, you know, the plot doesn't go from A to B so much as there's an A, and later there's a B, but before that we went into the whole backstory about why B is a manic depressive alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> We had to get we had to get there, which you probably shouldn't yeah. start with A and B then if that's what you're gonna do. It's like yeah, exactly. To get from points R to S, we have to go <laughs> back to A and then back to B and then back to C. This but is, hey, what's, there's what's a in G's closet? I'm just curious. What? Sorry, what? Oh, I just said what's in G's closet? Can we hear about their mothballs <laughs> for like a hot twenty to thirty minutes, or is that weird? Yeah, well, you used to get the mothballs down at the corner store. <laughs> Let's yeah, describe. Can we hear about how the mothballs used to be before the war? <laughs> they used to what? not be made by colored people. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. all the racism. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, they, they, Enid, the mom, really wants to get everybody together at Christmas, and she's maniacally obsessed with it, and so they finally capitulate, and they finally all get together at Christmas. And then Alfred gets really worse and eventually dies. And then everybody but Alfred finds their own slice of slightly better life. Yeah, the the, the major correction that this family gets is Alfred dying. That's like, yeah. the, everyone's realigned and a little better. Yep. Well, nobody said Jonathan Franzen wasn't a bit edible. Ooh. Uh, I think you edible? said edible, but it sounded like you meant he made, was made of chocolate. <laughs> like you wanted to give him a nibble of some kind. <laughs> He's made entirely of candy worms. <laughs> oh, I would love that. <laughs> I'd have so much more sympathy if this book was written by like a weird molten ball of candy worms. <laughs> wow, look what candy worms did. <laughs> you don't even have hands. Good work, it's Jonathan It's a really Branson. good effort. You know, this is probably the best book of the century written by candy worms. Definitely. By a mostly or... gelatin-based life form. <laughs> For sure. I like it's not just one <laughs> giant candy worm, that it's a pile of candy worms. So, like, each candy worm is only responsible for one flashback. Like, they teamed up. I hear Troilus and Cressida was written by Melted Red Hots. So. <laughs> it's spicy. I like edible authors. Uh, let's do a compliment now. Obviously, that's that would be a compliment were that true, but it's not. So, we need a compliment to start and end every show that way. It's called the compliment sandwich. Sarah, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in our opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Uh, well, I would love to go first because 
um, I feel like this this particular group of, of foodie folk would probably agree with me on this. Okay, take it away. Uh, I think that Denise's restaurant sounds legit cool. It did sound uh, pretty cool. The, okay. the generator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Denise is a chef. the The daughter is um, a professional chef in uh, Philly. Where is she pit Philly or Pittsburgh? Philly. 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 Okay, I I, I blacked out from us this book. <laughs> um, but she, they, um, a guy invests in her restaurant and says that he wants her to make a like the city's first cool restaurant. Uh-huh. And despite the fact that her food doesn't sound super like appetizing to me, um, like it's the the way it's described sounds really interesting, and the building itself sounds really cool because it's like a little yeah. glass building inside of a huge old abandoned factory. Yeah. And even though Jonathan Franzen uses that as an excuse to like wax asshole about the economy, <laughs> it still sounds like an awesome place to go get food he waxes his asshole about a lot of things he does he waxes his asshole a lot <laughs> oh no. like keeps that sucker shiny as can be yeah. like a bright and shiny new penny <laughs> uh but but i like i like sauerkraut and that was one of her things she was most proud of was a like yeah. revitalized sauerkraut i thought that was pretty yeah, cool yeah but n- not enough people were ordering it she was mad that not enough people yeah were well she it. needed a manager who knew how to push her specialties which is a, a great that's an important thing all yeah. right, Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. It did seem like the way, like the the elements going into this restaurant were not good. Like the guy who doesn't mm-hmm. know food but has a billion dollars, and he's yeah. giving this to a chef who he wants to sleep with, and he's uh, yeah, and then he's just sending and her then, to Europe. Ooh, to dick twist! Around. She sleeps with his wife. Yeah, ah, right. and then him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and then gets mad when the husband and wife sleep together. Right, sure. and then they get mad at each other for sleeping with her. Yeah, it's kind of you know what that was actually a love triangle. We actually had our first yeah. real love triangle. There you go. All the points. I wish I had thought of that before because that would absolutely have been my compliment. <laughs> we finally had a true, honest to god oh, love you can triangle. Take that one. No, no, it's not yeah, a compliment. Segue. Bonus. Yeah. Uh, well, let's we'll segue to someone else. Uh, Tanya, I'm gonna have you go second. What's your major compliment? Sure. Um... Homie can do his research. I'll give him that. Okay, what do you mean? I really don't enjoy complimenting Jonathan Franzen, if you can't tell by the tone of my voice. Okay, what did he research pretty good? I thought he did a really good job. I will say, like, with the, with the cooking details, I felt like, I, I felt like he, was, he was doing his due diligence with all of that. He knew from Kraut. Yeah, he knew from, <laughs> he knew from, he knew from Buckets O' Kraut. Yeah. Um, and then in a depressing detail, I will say I felt like his portrayal of dementia was spot on. I yeah. you mean like the poo talking? The, no, not the poo talking, but just sort of the I would say the like outsider like observing somebody kind of going down that path and those like moments of lucidity, and then followed by moments of absolute like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, having having been front row for some of that stuff, it was accurate, which did not enhance my enjoyment of the book. But I will give credit where credit is due. Right, he did, he did a really realistic job of portraying that thing that was miserable for us at the time and is again miserable to listen to. Yeah, yeah. turns out reliving it with like some uh, somebody else's like racist, gross people. Is not really uh. Yeah. So so yeah, but he definitely he definitely wrote a well researched tome. I will, yeah. I will grant him that. Right. Awesome, Chris. What's your major compliment? Oh, um. I guess he, in some ways, captures in in the same vein, um, 
you know, a couple things like about the time and, and both, I mean, the time of being the late nineties, early two thousands and Giovanni Ribisi being a really cool guy to, to be oh, a place yeah. with. <laughs> um, thanks cool dads for ruining all of our dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and then there's, uh, you know, the other thing is just like that, that thing of the way that generations are, you know, operate different in day-to-day life. And so he has this part where, you know, the parents come from an old-fashioned place and, and not New York City, so they don't want to tip the cabbie, or they want to tip the cabbie, like, maybe a couple of dollars. And Chip goes, and he, he gives the cabbie some extra money, much to the protests of my parents, or parents. Whoa. I was going to say, <laughs> the thing is, Slippery they don't slopes. listen to this, I have totally supplemented their tips in the past. Yeah. And it felt terrible. Uh, it probably felt terrible for them. But, yeah. uh, I, you know... That's, that's just, maybe it's a generational thing or just a city living thing or, or what have you. I mean, so they basically I, I, made I the same them. argument as uh, as Reservoir Dogs about tipping, where they were like, if, if it's automatic, no one's actually going to give us better service for it. Like, I will tip if someone's amazing. And all of that is great in theory, and you look like an asshole. Why bother? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think you should tip pretty well most of the time. And if something's great, you tip way more. Yeah, but like withholding the tip doesn't teach anybody anything. That waiter's not going to say, "No, oh, I didn't get my money. Maybe I should think about what I did today." Like I they're did... just going to be mad, and they're going to be more of a jerk next time. I hung out with somebody the other day who who writes itemized on reasons for the tip on a receipt, where he was like, <gasps> "Does that person seem fun? Does his name <laughs> rhyme with Bonathan Branson?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bonathan. Bonathan and I don't hang out very often, but it could be. No, he was talking about it as good things where he was like, he's like, here's 25%. And he was like, thanks for this, this, and this. Uh, oh, I, that's nice. Oh, that's, that's, I guess that's sweet. I was I like, it was I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking was, the other way. Yeah, if here's he was 10%. Like, I saw your thumb in my food, asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah oh, that would good. be a here's different kind of person. Here's my tip. Now I get to go home with a pocket essay on my performance. <laughs> <laughs> a pocket essay. Uh, awesome. All right. Uh, that was yours, Chris, right? Yep. That was, yep. That's me. Yep. Um, so I was desperate for so long to find a character that I could hang out with <laughs> that I did just wasn't just horrible to listen to. And okay. the only one I found, can you guess? My favorite character. I, it wasn't Denise, I guess, because we already no. talked about how Denise was. Was our. it the underside of the workbench? <laughs> Um, I would have guessed Talking Turd, because that was definitely my favorite character. No, uh, also good. I, and I did like the character of the chair. But no, mostly, I, lo- I liked Katanis a lot. His Lithuanian oh! friend, who was okay. really lousy at being a warlord. And yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm making no, no absolutely excuse for what I'm doing. I'm just asking people for money to buy my government. Yeah, and then, like, when it came time to, like, use his millions of dollars to try to, like, actually take power with force he was like i'm not really good at hurting people so i'm just gonna let them shoot me but he's also not good at being benevolent so they don't like him he's just like take my government please (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was super fun he had he had funny like sarcastic opinions and he was really nice to chip when chip needed it and didn't mind the chip like one of the things that uh that that was said about him was that he's used to people betraying him so he didn't mind that that chip had slept with his wife because at least he'd gotten the betrayal out of the way before he met him uh that was yeah, kind of a just cute. like became bff yeah um that was really nice i didn't want chip to have anything good in his life but that <laughs> was still I. nice <laughs> 
let's get into hates now. So let's play our anchor segment. You guys, uh, we're just going to make some Croatians, which sounds like Croatians, Ooh. and we're not doing that. No. We're not making Croatians. We're making <sighs> hates about the corrections, Croatians. I didn't try very hard on this one. In any order, uh, what's something you did not like about Jonathan Francis' the corrections? Let's um, say it together. The right. sex stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a great place to start, actually. Because Can we lead with marital rape? Anyone? Everyone? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, out of all the gross sex stuff I have discussed with you guys, this one might have, like, ooked me out the most. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, like, every permutation I had yet to experience in the gross, like, sexual literary realm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Marital well, rape, huge one. Huge one. Yeah, that was uh, awful. Describing a vagina like a rabbit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Describing who's, a vagina, who's vagina like was described a, a rabbit? I don't remember that. Glove. Yeah. Where was the rabbit? I don't remember that one. That was when Chip slept with his student. Yeah. Oh, okay. Her business emerged from her pants like a like an eager rabbit. Oh yeah yeah. No there oh, wasn't oh. there wasn't it mm. wasn't a simile. It was there was no the like rabbit. Ass. <laughs> it was oh like, the e- oh really? She proved oh. to have a but warm rabbit. Sprung forth? Yeah. I don't really understand. Uh, like she's a pants magician. Yeah. Somehow I'm really I'm really loathe to say vagina and rabbit in the same sentence. And yet you yeah. just did. What if you were like it. sleeping with Denise and you were like after I finish with this vagina will you make me roast rabbit? Oh no! <laughs> what if there's an also, and in the why middle? Why would you say sleeping with this? Did anyone vagina? else find <laughs> that he gets like Franzen gets weirdly anemic whenever it's only vaginas in the room? Like oh yeah, yeah. he goes all oh, out yeah. for the dicks, but then when it's time to be like lesbians, hmm. Well, he did describe how everything in her life became a tongue. Yeah, uh, I think I think he was like, "What do lesbians do together?" Tongue, I believe right? they probably lick each other's privates, and that was the only thing he like researched. That was like his best idea. Does this book, it, it, for a seven hundred page book with like three pretty main female characters, it barely passes the Bechtel test? Right. What yeah, is? Here's it, a question. I don't know the Bechtel test well enough. I don't know if it's got this many permutations either. But like, when they talk about having sex with each other, that counts, right? Yeah, that counts. Yeah, that counts. Okay, they definitely talked about having sex with each other a lot. Uh, and they, you know, they talk about Robin's entire like life history. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. but they hate each other and they're mean to each other during all of their sex. Ugh. What did you get? What about the part where oh, she was withholding, uh, where she would go to the go to the kitchen and read a book, and not let her girlfriend come? <laughs> How was that? Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why anybody would would choose Denise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like what frustrated me about that is I was really excited that there was going to like one of the main characters in this, like the children, was a daughter. And I was yes. like, okay, I have to hold out until I get to the woman. Like, I'm sure this will be more interesting. I knew she was a chef, so I was excited to read some dense-ass descriptions of food. That's right. And yeah. But then we got there, and it was like, oh, that was why he had a female character. So you could say he had a female character, but just write her as another insensitive man. Yeah. And, like, That's use cool. her as another way to explore his, like, hetero fantasies. And that's what really bothered me about it. I don't have a joke for this because I'm so <laughs> genuinely upset. No, they're, they're, just, <laughs> they're just weird things and, like, you know, Enid finds it sexy, like, uh, arousing that Alfred is making his sons eat their vegetables. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just a lot of weird... Uh, 
I mean, she would also find it arousing if Alfred ever, like, just, like, touched her in earnest, but apparently that yeah. can't happen. So, yeah, that's true. Know. Yeah, which uh, is actually kind of odd that he was, like, withholding of sex since everybody else was so desperate to have sex with everything. Yeah. Well, it, he was just so constrained. Well, yeah. he is because he basically wrote everything from his own point of view. It's like, it's not, you don't feel like you're inhabiting a character. You feel like you're watching Jonathan Franzen write a character. It's like watching a pair of dad jeans write a novel. Yeah. Is what it's, <laughs> like. it's like the college students. The college students in this book are not, we were talking about this, yeah, they're not no. like college students. It's oh well, god, that girl. She kept calling him darling. Mm. I was like, yeah. what the, f- what? It, it's like the late I, 90s, right? Like, who is this girl, this 18 year old Who's like calling yeah. him darling? I thought has, that like, that was actually twisted plot to seduce him. That's very like, like just ridiculously artful, but also just like sloppy and ridiculous. Oh, I just couldn't. I actually kind of liked that because I was like, yeah, freshmen are annoying. Yeah, <laughs> when they show up in their painters overalls with cupcakes, throwing <laughs> daisies at your door. What yeah. the hell was that plot? <laughs> why would they? Why would anyone do that ever? Just like I some would... sort of. <laughs> You guys are being so harsh. I would totally sleep with someone who threw cupcakes at me. That is, like, up there. No, they didn't throw the cupcakes. Yeah, they smashed them on his door, right? No, they threw flowers at the door. She oh. just handed him cupcakes. Oh. And then he cupcakes ate the cupcakes while jerking off. Yeah. yeah. Which is a waste of cupcakes. Speaking <laughs> of jerking off, did anyone else find it upsetting that he? it was referred to as bringing oneself off? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> there were so many things that were just like... Oh my god, what was it like? You know, oh. it just, Francis says, like, only then did he fully exhaust his supply of male guilt and move on. You know, you, uh, if, she might as well proposed they make love. All right, here's, here's a question, though. I, I, keep, I keep feeling like I have to be devil's ad- advocate here, but. Why? But Why? here's what I want to know. Do we even need one of those? We do. Here's, it's just because all three of you agree, so I, I, I have to ask is there a good way to write. That he was jerking off with cupcakes. Like, is there a nice way to say that that's not going to feel oogie? Like, bring oneself off. No, I have no idea. (laughs) I think maybe you don't throw that in as something that you have a character that I think we're supposed to sympathize with. Do that was I think maybe what bothered me the most about it. Because I was like, oh, Chip's a hero. Like, he's one of the protagonists. I, I was. I think that was the thing that irritated me the most is this sort of implicit thing where we're supposed to feel for Alfred and we're supposed to root for Chip and we're supposed to side with Gary like and I found yeah. all of those people completely reprehensible like yeah yeah I didn't I you... found no one to root for except for the Lithuanian yeah yeah <laughs> I, mean, I did root for him to get out of his war-torn country alive yeah and I rooted for, for him sure. to make money with his party to that his uh, the democracy party company I thought that was a really swell idea and I, yeah. I wanted it to lose, but I liked that he was defrauding American investors. It felt like yeah, it's also the justice. same kind of idea that someone would use to like try to win a, a, a college election at a small liberal arts college. Ooh, I like that. Like, I I hey, recommend. Hey, pay me money, and I'll use it for things you want. I yeah. Go ahead. It. Actually, that so that reminds me. We haven't even mentioned this yet, but. Uh, it's supposed to be realistic, except when it's magic, right? It's supposed to be yeah, except when it's magic. sci-fi pills called like correct all Aslan, Aslan yeah. Cruiser, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So the, the Aslan Mexican Cruiser. Egg. I was just yelling, give me my childhood at that point. <laughs> yeah, there's this weird, he like flirts with magic realism with these pills that are supposed to correct one's personality. But also, 
And there were also well, like other things that were I wouldn't even say it's magic quite, but just like like the law firm's name was like Brad Spay and Neuter. Like are you yeah. trying is this a, you trying to is that a joke? It's I don't Wait, where are click joke. and clack? Yeah. Wait, what is it? Yeah. Cartoc? <laughs> <laughs> it did. It felt like he was reading the Cartoc credits from time to time. <laughs> in the middle of like a very serious discussion of cupcakes and jerking off. Yeah. Well that and the the Axon Corporation. Yeah, yeah. and the but, W Corporation. Which was clearly Microsoft. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like the yeah the super corporations. Like he had what felt like it was sort of like satire, but then the rest of it was just so so earnest and crappy that I didn't want. I don't know. It I felt like it, Delilah yeah. was really depressed. That's what this felt like. <laughs> well, just yeah, or like a, just a giant terrible sandwich with like a bunch of weird stuff spilling out the sides. Like, yeah. like oh, but also the death penalty. But don't forget about like big pharma. But also yeah. big, like it was just too many like like burning issues that yeah. you just couldn't leave alone. I like the idea of sandwich with stuff falling out. It's, it also felt like if like Voltaire like had real bad mom issues and just couldn't skip that part. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm writing this book about politics. That's, that's funny. But also, man, my mom won't stop calling about Christmas. Uh, well, I know. what is that supposed to mean? <sighs> I don't know what you're supposed to get. Like, oh, so if your mom is undersexed, she's never going to leave you alone. Is that yeah, what that's supposed to be saying? I don't understand. Nostalgia. I mean, it might be. Is her way of, of bringing herself off. When I step up in the place, say, yo, I step correct. You all in check. I got that neck notch shit that make you break your neck. You all in check. You're all set, Mr. Little. Room 207 is up the stairs to your left. Is there anything else I can do for you? Yeah, your, your website said that you provide all the comforts of home. We have many special services to make you feel at home. Oh, good, thanks. I get pretty lonely on these trips, you know. I miss my family. Understood. Uh, to start, you can check out a dog for the weekend. We have several, all of them trained to act happy when they see you walk in the room. Oh, that sounds all right. Uh, what else do you have? If you prefer, we can also check out a cat to ignore you. Oh, I'm sorry, allergic. Do you have kids? Yeah, but I'm not sure I really want to check out a kid. <laughs> of course not. We don't do that. But if you want to feel like you're traveling with kids, you'll want to try our wet towel service. Each morning, the maid will leave three to five wet towels on the bathroom floor, as well as a random selection of toothbrushes, toys, and clothes. That does sound great. Your clock radio is programmed with 32 different kinds of snoring to help you fall asleep. Oh, awesome. Can I get a wake-up call for 7 o'clock? Definitely. I'll send somebody in an hour or two before that to jump on your bed. Are you hungry? Not, not right now. When you are, just dial 4 on your phone and room service will fight with you about where to go for dinner. Oh, I'll definitely try that. Here's a tip. Don't be disappointed if he says he's fine with whatever. It's just a game. He secretly has some very strong opinions, and you'll have to go through a long list of ideas before he'll accept one. That sounds great. And if you're especially lonely... We can provide you with a prostitute. Oh, no, no. I uh, would never... Who will change into pajamas, read a book for ten minutes, and then roll over and fall asleep facing away from Wonderful. I'll definitely take one of those. This is going to be a great stay. Thanks so much. Are you sure there's nothing else we can provide for you? Oh, I didn't mention one other thing. Uh, my mom lives with us. Oh, sure. That shirt looks terrible. You should be wearing a jacket. Why do you let your kids talk to you that way? I can't complain about anything. Nobody cares anyway. Perfect. Do you miss your family? 
Why not listen to The Corrections from audiblepodcast.com slash weep? It's like having all the worst parts of your family in your ears for 21 straight hours. And you can have all that misery for free just by signing up for a free trial membership. Audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Try it today. Audible assumes no responsibility for gouging your ears out. Remove all sharp objects before listening to The Corrections. Free audiobook also available for fun books. So let's do, uh, let's play our next game, you guys. Let's play our, our anchor segment today of One Change. So yeah. as we say, every book or movie, no matter how bad, is always only one change away from being great. What is the one thing you would change about Jonathan Friends and The Corrections to make it totally enjoyable? I got one. Go for it. Alfred is a chocolate lab. he's incontinent but you can't be mad yeah i I know that's like a popular one change but it is a popular one change for a very good reason in that it always works and in this case i think the like a family dealing with a dog getting older and getting into some mishaps is adorable and i think a dog hallucinating poop is like it writes itself. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he fell off the cruise ship because he thought there was a ball going off the edge? Yeah, he saw something in the water and he was like, woo, woo, and he fell off. And then <laughs> he was yeah, fine and, and he, he just paddled behind the boat for a mile and he was smiling yeah. the whole time. Yeah, and he's wow. a good dog. He's he wasn't looking dog. at boobs on the boat. He just saw something in the water and jumped. If- and I think it's societally accepted that all dogs are a little racist, so you don't really have to worry about that piece. <laughs> yeah. Plus, if a dog pees in the coffee can in the basement, that's a great dog. That's a really smart dog. <laughs> Good dog. And the, the dog has his own blue chair man. that he never leaves. Yeah. yeah. Sleeps a and lot the during dog the day. And, like, put his hand on his left knee. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I actually, I was going to say, this is sort of dog related, but is not anyone turning into a dog. Here's my thought. What if each time anybody in this book, any character, showed signs of depression, just a horde of puppies ran into the room? It's just just a murder of puppies shows up, just knocks down the door, and they just come up and just start licking his face. As soon as anytime somebody's like, "Oh, I used to be smarter," ah, puppies, it would be so fun. I'm not a professor anymore. Oh my gosh, puppies! <laughs> my wife is being super manipulative, but I got puppies. Yeah, that's pretty good. Tony, do you have one change? Um, maybe if you just titled it differently, like maybe like excruciating lists or yeah. just like avoid <laughs> the, the downer steams. Yeah. <laughs> Do not open. <laughs> Do not open. Jonathan or Friends just, avoid. If, if every copy was like taped closed. <laughs> and, and then it had you a had huge, to earn it, you know? Yeah, it had a huge Oprah sticker on it. <laughs> It's more like an Oprah, like, glue that keeps yeah. all the pages stuck together. Yeah. And I think, I, I think we should talk about the one change of this family being replaced by the Bluths from Fox TV's Arrested Development. <laughs> yes. Because you do have, you know, yes. husband and wife, two boys and a girl. And uh-huh. if they were just doing almost the same things, but in character of their Arrested Development characters, I think you know it'd be great. you forgot Buster, not unlike Lucille Blue. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's do the second half of our compliment sandwich now. We're going to go in reverse order of our first compliment. So, Chris, you're up first. What's your minor compliment and the last nice thing you ever have to say about Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections? Cut. Isn't it your compliment? Didn't you do the last compliment? Shit. You're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to go first in the last compliments then. My final nice thing I'm ever going to say about Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections is that I like people who like model trains... And I also like people who hate model trains. Both make some good points. Got one of each in this book. Yeah. What you can't stand are those model train fence sitters. Yeah, it's just... Get, <laughs> those flip-floppers get off on the, the electric tracks. Figure out how you feel about HO scale. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Gary Essendry's like, oh, yeah, I think we could really do some cool things with electric trains. He gets trains. really into and it. And, like, and his dad, who worked in real railroads, is like, this isn't realistic at all. That turn is much too sharp. <laughs> It's great. I, I love. I love it. I just hate those cowards who can't make up their mind about model trains. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, cowards. That's my minor compliment, Chris. Going backwards, <laughs> continuing on. What's your minor compliment? Yeah, I like the courage that Jonathan Franzen. At least if this were a movie, uh, cast it as uh, proportionate dwarf blind casting. Uh, in the sense that there is a what? waiter on the Norwegian cruise line who is a proportionate dwarf wearing a Viking helmet yes. who delivers like a drink or something like that, and he has never a little ladle, on. ladder to get to the t- the high bottles. Yeah, he's never commented on other than the fact that yes, he's there. And Doesn't he, he get pressed up against somebody's pelvis at some point? <laughs> I thought there was some like, not in a mean way. No, <laughs> yes, <And> vengeance. <laughs> just angry press pelvis. No, yeah. I thought there was some sort of, like, somebody, like, took a tumble or somehow the dwarf got pressed oh, up against somebody. yeah. Yeah, no, someone someone took a tumble. Because certainly. I, of course, like, blacked out for half a second and then came to and was like, wait, there's a dwarf being pressed <laughs> to somebody's crotch? What's happening? But I, I just like that, it, you know, oh, that's scary, you know. <laughs> Enid did imagine having sex with him, too. Oh, well, of course she did. She was like, I wonder what well, it would be Enid like to have sex with that. Enid will take what she can get. Enid imagines a lot of things. Also, Viking horns... Very useful yeah. as as handrails because she's yeah, not super what stable. Kind of weird luxury Norwegian cruise would actually deign to have its servers wear Viking horns. Not, yeah, not a classy one. Yeah, that's like the medieval times of cruises. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would also like if I was on a cruise ship that had horses fighting. The, the horses aren't actually fighting. There's the they're jousting on the horses, but I would enjoy a middle, medieval times themed cruise ship. Yeah. That would take so much room on the sea. (laughs) You know, whenever you have a horse on a ship, you inevitably end up with a shipwreck that leads to, like, a coming-of-age novel. (laughs) That's right. Someone will will grip the mane of the horse, and she'll find that she's a stronger swimmer than she ever thought. Right. And then she'll ride Black Beauty into the islands. Mm -hmm. That's definitely the plot of at least, like, the Black Stallion and Misty of Shinkatig. (laughs) <laughs> Probably, like, a million more horse there's, stories. There's also a horse on a shipwreck in uh, uh, The Swiss Family Robinson. Sure. Yeah, and then it gets eaten by a snake later. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, I don't remember that either, but that sounds reasonable, so I bought it. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> well, it was at least in the version of the book that I had that I think was, like, a, a junior, junior Swiss Family Robinson... I very clearly remember the watercolor illustration of a horse getting swallowed by a boa constrictor. Whoa. Whoa. Well, that is some Ripley's Believe It or Not business right there. <laughs> yeah. so, believe it, I don't. Yes, yeah, so not, right? That's the correct answer at all Ripley's Believe It or Not exhibits. <laughs> not. Yes, no. uh, I'm just going to go not on that one. Not on that one. <laughs> nope for that. 
Four-headed cat? Nope. Going to say no to that. That's... It's, they yeah. should not have that option. It should be called Ripley's Believe It, It's Real. That would be a really strong title. It should just be called Oh, Ripley, You Kidder. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you sassy lie machine. All right. Uh, continuing backwards, Tanya, minor compliment. Oh, woof. Um, I guess... <laughs> it's about a dog. <laughs> We've had some dog-related items. Um, I guess my, my minor compliment would be that... Um, had I had I started these books in order, like I, I read Freedom when it came out because I thought, well, how bad could it be? And <laughs> is that really what it takes to get you to read a novel? No, I well, it got so much acclaim. Let me ask you, Tanya, on the back of this book, which just doesn't make sense to me. I guess this is just confirmed for me that like my my belief in in critics is is faulty. Yeah, I, I which I think is what people... Franzen wants us all to think. It's funny that he like has a whole thing about how book critics aren't as good anymore, and we're running out of excellent ones. <laughs> but he's getting an awful lot of like knob slobbing from people yeah. who are currently book critics. Yeah, and it's wrong, so he is and correct in that. Wrong. That is a fun irony. Yeah, there's just something really messed up about that. But I guess the nice thing is that Franzen is nothing if not consistent. This book is just like Freedom, and it is equally horrifying. <laughs> And so if it keeps just one person from picking up and reading Freedom, well, then I feel like its job is done. I don't know where people have the time to just read novels because how bad could it be? That is an amazing amount of free time you'd have to have. Wait, 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 wait. We host a podcast that that is its entire premise, (laughs) is reading a book. That's what? How bad could it be? No, our premise is... Fifty Shades of Grey. How bad could it be? Who has time for that four years on? People pay us to read books that we... How bad could they be? No, we read books that are intentionally, they can be very bad. But this is just like, well, it might be all right. I don't know. I'm impressed that you have that kind of time. Is there somebody in the other room waiting to get off? Is that how you have all this novel reading time? So they're bringing themselves, bringing off themselves while off while they're waiting for you. No, they wouldn't because they're ver- <laughs> they they would never dare. <laughs> they would never dare. Wasn't that a th- wasn't that the thing? I think that was probably Enid's problem. No, that I was think the- pretty much everyone else was just running around rubbing themselves on chaise lounges. Oh yeah. god! Oh god! <laughs> Yeah, Friends I mean, in! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sarah, uh, bring us home. What's your finer, final minor compliment? Some of the descriptions in here are credit where credit is due. Franzen can write. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and there was one point where Alfred describes trying to put on adult diapers as trying to pick up a marble with a pair of peacock feathers. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, like, unnecessarily outlandish, I believe. <laughs> but it did make me think of peacocks playing marbles... Which is adorable. <laughs> Except, aren't peacocks, like, real aggressive? Wouldn't they be playing mar- marbles, like, just really in each other's faces? Oh, they'd be playing for money. Sure. <laughs> yeah, by marbles we mean um, fighting. Yeah, yeah. eye-poking. Yeah. Peacock yes. fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. We mean MMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, submission hold with a feather. <laughs> Basically, every time, everything, it just should be animals instead. It's just all uh, of these things. You <laughs> figured out my formula. That. Should we be reading <laughs> Animal Farm? Is that the, what we need? I think so. Oh, you know, I have another minor compliment now that I'm thinking about it. I met my future Wolf. wife and husband because of this book. Yeah? <laughs> anybody, <laughs> all right. anybody who has as much hatred for this book as I do can marry me, <laughs> which includes about 300 people on Amazon, so that's fine. <laughs> 
yeah, well, congratulations, Randy Ann and Ryan and Tanya, on your future <laughs> nuptials. Yeah. On your future, lo- future love triangle. Done yeah, correctly. I, I, I feel like I should say something foreboding, like, I hope you guys like chili. But like, <laughs> actually, I'm pretty pleasant, so this should be fine. Also, chili is good, so that's not that foreboding. The most <laughs> foreboding thing you could think of was like, I'm going to make a lot of chili. I don't know. Just like something that seems like it would get inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like inconvenient volumes of chili. <laughs> Tanya, our other spouse, we need to have a family meeting. <laughs> our fridge is entirely full of already cooked chili. This is so much chili. <laughs> to be fair, you guys, which I now, I now refer to you as R&R, by the way. <laughs> right after I proposed, I did say, hope you guys like chili. <laughs> All right, that is it for our show, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back again next week. Next week, next week, it's part two of Pod Crawl. That's right. It's the return of our famous pod crawls. Uh, this time, we are joined by BonnieAndMod.com, who are going to be... Uh, they're going to be watching Batman Returns probably, like, the day this comes out. So go to BonnieAndMod.com, go listen to their episode about Batman Returns, and then... They're going to have a lot of thoughts about Catwoman. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be so awesome, interesting. also. And they're yeah. delightful, mm-hmm. and yes. it's going to be great. So check that out. And then we are going to be the following week, next week, is we're going to be watching Batman Forever, and Ooh. it's going to be yeah. something... And it's so weird excited. that there's a sequel after Batman Forever because it seems like that forever encompasses, <laughs> yeah, for, it's like Forever it's like, it's, minus Robin because then next week proudly resents is going to be watching Batman and Robin and that is also yes. going to be really fun to listen to. So check that out, you guys. If you haven't watched the Batman trilogy in a while, this terrible Batman trilogy in a while, get on it. It's going to be fun. And yeah. uh, and and check out hashtag Podcrawl. That's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be great. And thanks to Bonnie Mod and Proudly Resents for joining us. And uh, thank you, Chris, for joining us, as always. Hey, happy to be here. And Tanya, thanks for stepping in. We're so excited to have you on the program now. I'm really excited as well. It's going to be a wild ride, and I hope you guys like chili. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, listeners. There's going to be some chili on this podcast. <laughs> in an uncomfortable amount of chili. Uh, also, congratulations to our buddy Ezra for uh, and his and his wife for their Yay. adorable child. Way to produce a human! Yeah, you yeah. did. And it looks nothing like Renesme, so good for you on that front. I, huge win! Yeah, yeah. Never. It doesn't have weirdly red adult eyes. Just like they always say, you never know until you know. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want it to be a boy or a girl? I don't care as long as it's not Renesme. Yeah. <laughs> Also, thank you for joining us at Sarah Hathaway. Thank you. Um, it was it was an experience. <laughs> I can't say this one was particularly fun, but I have I, I did want to read this book for a while. Um, Alex and I were talking earlier about how the cover was really good. Yes, so I had been like cover. seduced by good design. But like now, I know I learned a valuable lesson about literally not judging a book by its cover. Right, <laughs> that is super yeah. valuable information, both literally and in metaphorical senses. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are things you can judge by their outside. So maybe it's an overused metaphor, but like I don't know, like you can judge an avocado by its cover, like pretty accurately. Sometimes, yeah, if it's wrinkly and weird. Avocados. Yeah, 
I, don't judge like citruses by their covers though because sometimes there's just like weird dusty stuff inside yeah <laughs> right uh anyway so thanks for being here check out meridian if you're at, at io chicago uh, yes please and that's uh that's your it's her uh long-running improv group now Herald team. Uh, and that's it for our show. Oh, thank you guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, see you guys later. Take care. Bye. No refunds. Bye.